Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentolo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we continue in our series looking at the world through the lens of faith. In the previous two episodes, we had a different guest on each show, and we dug into a different current event. In the first episode, we looked at DeMar Hamlin's collapse on the football field during Monday Night Football as a result of a heart attack, and talked about the ESPN commentator who prayed on national TV and brought the nation to a place of prayer. Last week, we talked about an Army Green Beret who retired because he felt that woke policy in the military violated the Constitution, and not speaking up about it violated his oath to support and defend the Constitution. I hope what this series is to show how we can and should use the Bible to look at the world in order to understand what is true, what is right, and what is expected of us as Christians, and then, of course, to do it. And I know it sounds simple, but the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we know what the Bible says to do in many of the situations in which we find ourselves, and do we do it? Jesus' brother, James, said, faith without works is dead. This means that eventually, hopefully sooner rather than later, our faith in Christ, our belief that he is God's Son and our Lord and Savior, must compel us to physical action on this earth. Otherwise, what's the point? As you heard me say, if your faith in Christ doesn't change how you think, how you feel, and what you do, then you're just playing church. So, in this series, we simply pick a topic from the headlines and talk about it, using Scripture and our understanding of spiritual warfare to better understand its context and its content. And then we see what we can learn about Christ-like thinking, Christ-like feelings, and Christ-like actions. So I hope you'll take several things away from this series. I hope you'll solidify the concrete understanding that the Bible should be your first refuge. 
In any conversation, it's the first place we should go. The enemy is good at his job, and without constant reference to the Word of God, it's easy to be led astray. Second, I pray you'll see that it's a trustworthy compass to guide you in this dark world. The evil schemes of men know no end, and the Bible helps us to clear away the smoke and the veils and the mud and to cut through the lies and the nonsense, to mix just a few metaphors, to see things as God would have us see them, and then to think, feel, and act accordingly. And don't think it's just a dusty book. The Bible explains everything that's happening today. It's a relevant and powerful tool, and it's the only way to find the right answers and also peace and a sense of purpose in this world. So, I've heard many people say, I know what's right. I have a sense about it. I actually just recently had a long conversation with somebody who was very happy not to read the Bible. They said that they knew. Well, if we all have a sense, and our sense is different, it's nonsense. Even the enemies of God think they're doing what's right. So, with all of that said, we're going to tackle an important question today. It's actually pivotal to everything that comes after it. It's the essence of our future on this planet and even beyond. And though you could give a quick answer when I ask you this question, I'm going to ask you to listen and to do some real soul-searching before you do answer. And after you answer, I will ask you to consider how you will live out the answer from this day forward. So, without further ado, my question is simply this. Do you trust God? That's going to be our conversation today, and here to help us is Pastor Jeff Neal. Friend of the show, former Marine Infantry Officer, and pastor of the Lagos Community Church in Harlingen, Texas. Pastor Jeff, welcome. Hey, glad to be back with you, Rich and Christy. Always always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. And somewhere or other is my trusty and wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Where where did I go? Where did you go? <laughs> Hello okay. everyone and hi Pastor Jeff. So glad you're here hi. with us. Pastor Jeff, would you please pray for us? I'd be happy to. Father, we uh, we thank you that we can come to you, that you are truly the lens, you and your word, the lens through which we filter everything. And so we ask you to guide and direct us and um, be our truth today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Pastor Jeff, what do you think about asking people if they truly trust God? No, it's a fantastic question, and it really cuts to the heart. And uh, we know, right, as we're a little older, that God will will bring things about in our lives, allow things in our lives that will that will force us to answer that question. Not when we're when we're doing great and giving a nice, tidy little Bible study, uh, but when when the the floor is jerked out from under us when we have devastating news that question becomes super important. Do we, in that moment, do we trust God? So that's a great question. Yeah, you know, my brother always said something uh, when I was growing up, my oldest brother, he used to say to me, it doesn't count when it's easy. And that's right. Well, yeah. Sorry, and that's kind of what you're alluding to, right? Yeah. and the I mean, uh, I think it's been said a million ways, but, but hard times reveal truly where your hope is or in whom your hope is absolutely yeah um so friends 
here's why I ask this question, and here's why it's so critical. If you trust God, then you must trust his word as it is written in the Bible. And we know about Jesus from the Bible. That's how you can understand his work in your life. Your personal testimony has a foundation of knowing Christ. So if you trust God and you trust the word of the Bible, shouldn't that determine completely how you look at the world? And yet it's still hard. So we've talked about picking a current event from the news, and we're actually going to look at several things today because for better or worse, they test our trust. So in Georgia, a substitute teacher was fired because she wanted her elementary school-aged children to be excused from school teaching promoting same-sex marriage. She filed a lawsuit, and recently a law was passed in Georgia called the Parents' Bill of Rights. This new law recognizes parents' rights to direct the upbringing and education of their minor children. This story led me to ask myself this question. In what world do we need the government to tell us that parents have the right to direct the upbringing and education of their children? <laughs> important question, and in that, just, I guess, a bit scary. Stunning. Stunning would be, yes, stunning. I wow. Don't, uh, honestly, I read it the same way. And you think it's a good news story, but it's actually quite backhanded. Yeah. What do you think about that one, Pastor Jeff? Yeah, I think we, um, it, you'd have to be, I guess, asleep to not realize this, this encroachment, um, you know, on, on the rights of parents to be the, the ones chiefly it, right responsible for the upbringing of their children. But it is happening, not just there, but everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as I said on a show a couple months ago, these are the same teachers who a decade ago told us it wasn't their job to discipline our children and that should happen at home. Hmm. So you got to ask, what's with that switch? Well, that's what we talk about when we're saying things are muddied and there are veils and there is smoke. And it's because there's an agenda that's being perpetrated. I'm going to tie it all up here in a second. In another story, California is dealing with the third mass killing in that state since January 16th of this year. Firstly, our prayers go out to all of the people involved, first responders, families, bystanders, people of California. We must pray first. Second, my thoughts are that California has the strongest gun laws in the nation. And so this sad state of affairs, these tragedies, highlight the fact that this is not a gun issue. It's a people issue. Yeah. And what you'll see is the powers that be want to make it a gun issue because then they don't have to say it's a people issue. And the reason why they don't want to say it's a people issue is because then we have to actually look in the mirror and say, are any of the things we're doing working? Right. Pastor Jeff, where are you on that one? No, yeah. What what we've kind of removed from from the public, uh, I guess, uh, marketplace is is the idea of sin. And so we want to blame the... Yeah, the gun, or instead of saying uh, we have a we have sin problems, we have the breakdown of families, and uh, I mean there are a million reasons why um, why these things happen, and and why I think Chicago still has right the the highest murder rate, and also um, extremely high you know gun laws, and um, 
right. with the thin, the hard issues. Yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons why this world has talked itself away from the Bible is for the very reason you mentioned, I think. We don't want to be accountable. And so if we take away the definition of sin, well, now it's never about us and our behavior. It's always about something else. Yeah. Living in blame. Well, living in blame, yeah, as opposed to living in personal accountability, which is the first step of all of us. And remember, one of the first words of Jesus' ministry after he contended in the desert with the devil was... Repent. Repent. Yeah. And that requires honesty and integrity. So... His message, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Absolutely. What does that mean to you, Pastor Jeff? Well, it means that um, he is ushering in, in his entrance, he's ushering in a new kingdom, and it's not like the kingdom that that we live in, the culture we live in, and we are responsible. We are in rebellion to God apart from Christ. Amen. That, by the way, is spoken many times in the Bible, uh, the Israelites being called rebels, being called stiff-necked people, all of which is a turning away from God. So, friends, we're going to look at some other stories, and then we're going to talk about how it all fits together in the asking and answering of that question, do you trust God? Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with Pastor Jeff Neal and continuing in our series on current events. We're looking at current events and talking about what they tell us, what we learn from them, how we look at things through the lens of faith, how that affects us. And we mentioned two stories before we went to break, and here is the third. In a piece I read recently, a man named David Zirin on something called The Nation criticized coach Tony Dungy because the coach planned to attend the March for Life in Washington, saying he wanted to stand for unborn babies who don't have a voice. Mr. Zirin accused Coach Dungy of being a right-wing extremist and an anti-gay bigot. 
So, if you're not familiar with Coach Dungy, he's a two-time Super Bowl winner, once as a player, once as a coach. He's an amazing man of God. I've seen him speak here in Houston, and I actually used his devotional for a year. And what I would ask is, in what world is a man attacked personally for taking a stand for the right of a baby to have life? And so my point with these stories is this is what we have to contend with. We're not talking about our faith as something we do for an hour on Sunday. We are talking about contending on a spiritual battlefield with very real things. Yeah, it just seems very muddled. I think you used that word before. And um, I think without faith, direction, uh, a, a community, um, a church, uh, how do you fellow, make it... fellow believers, how do you make it work exactly? Yeah, well, it sounded like you almost tripped in to follow the leader. And that <laughs> well, would there's be good, only one there's leader. Yeah. There you go. I guess what I would say is, if you're wondering why I'm bringing up these current events, it's because I think they highlight the fact that this is a godless world. It's absolutely lost without God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit to guide it. And were it not for the inspired Word of the Father, we too would be lost. And this life would feel so painful and so pointless as to render all morals and ethics worthless. On the other hand, if you believe in God and you trust Him, then this is a whole different thing. And Pastor Jeff, you talked about a series on Daniel recently that looked at this. Yeah, so Rich, you, I don't mean to be facetious. You asked the kind of hypothetical question, in what world? And sadly, the answer is in our world. I mean, the, the first part that, that I think Christians have to understand, look, we hate it. That is the world that, that we live in right now, where that is the predominant way of thinking. And and I think some Christians just need to be honest. The ground has shifted under us quickly. The culture has rapidly changed. I mean, I think I read recently that in, in the early 2000s, no prominent politician publicly was, was for homosexual marriage. I mean, Clinton wasn't. Obama wasn't. And look how rapidly that has shifted. And so part of it is being honest. And the playing field has changed. Yeah, two things come to mind. My coaching hat uh, comes on when you when you talk about we've got to get honest, and the, the the first step to any change is to to get real, to look at the realities of the situation. And so I think we have to look at that. And I was listening to a sermon the other day, and and this particular pastor was talking about uh, thinking about throwing a pebble into a pond, and you watch the ripples, and and those ripples uh, eventually are you know, throughout the entire pond. And so I think that's what you're referring to in a way, uh, Pastor Jeff, like back in 2020, um, that that pebble maybe was just thrown, and now look at where it is. I think the church was what we got lulled to sleep maybe in the 50s and 60s, and this kind of beautiful picture of the suburban family. And, and most people, whether they were Christians or not, had held to Christian ideals. Hey, those days are gone for now. I mean, that's not the culture that we live in. Well, uh, I guess I have a couple thoughts. Firstly, whenever anything bad happens, as a colonel in the Marines, as an airline pilot, as a captain, as a father, as the spiritual head of my household, 
Whenever something bad happens, the first question I ask is, is this a leadership failure? And the truth of the matter is, Pastor Jeff, if you excuse me, this is a leadership failure. And in my mind, the church failed first. Because if you read Tozer, A.W. Tozer, who uh, I think died in the early 60s, maybe 63, his writing talks about the fact that uh, Christians are asleep at the wheel. And so what do you think about, first and foremost, asking the question, is this a leadership failure, and then standing in the glare of the truth, which says it is? Mm. No, absolutely. I mean, we, we right. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord first, and it starts in the mirror first. And so... Absolutely. I mean, I think it's ridiculous for expect the godless culture to change and to uh, we need to look at the, the, the people of God. We are the ones to initiate first, like you said, sober reflection. And then second to say, OK, what needs to change? Well, uh, I think that uh, Tozer put it brilliantly. I have this a quote that I'd like to read you. It's not short. Please hang in there with me. So A.W. Tozer said this, It is a great consolation to me that God knows instantly, effortlessly, and perfectly all matter and all matters, all law and all laws, all space and all spaces, all principles and every principle, all minds, all spirits, and all souls. God knows all causes and all relations, all effects and all desires, all mysteries and all enigmas, all things unknown and hidden. There are no mysteries to God. And then Tozer goes on to make this critical admission. We don't know, but God knows and God isn't worried about it. That's why I can live a peaceful and good Christian life, even though I am not a man who takes things very easy. So I think when we say, okay, this is a big mess, what is the first step? The first step is looking at the man in the mirror. And that man in the mirror needs to come to a place where we say, God has it. And I can trust that. And now my job is to walk out the process of Christianity. Pastor Jeff. Yeah, I think, and I've said this from my pulpit before, that I think in maybe in the West or in America, we're a little unique in that we have we've experienced Christianity in a in a maybe a more comfortable environment where if you think historically or certainly our brothers and sisters around the world, you know, Christianity was not maybe widely accepted and was not the predominant um, view in culture. And and that's why persecution has been great. And so. This is what's maybe new for us has not been new historically in the church. The, the church was the outsider. and um, So we're and maybe, asleep at the wheel? Yeah, I think so. We were lulled. We, were, we got lulled by our comfort, I think. Okay. So uh, if you want to say, where are we? Where we are is we've been lulled into a false sense of security. We've been made to be spectators. Because on Sunday, the church puts on a great spectacle, and that turns us into spectators. And let's just be in the truth of that, and then let's repent. Let's come to God and say, Lord, 
show yourself to us. We want to know you, not religion, not religiosity. We don't want to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We want to have a personal relationship with God and be the people he wants us to be. And that's when we can say, uh, I can be comfortable in this Christian life and carry my cross daily, and I can be assured that God will have my back. So carrying your cross, Pastor Jeff, what does that mean to you to carry your cross daily? Uh, it means, well, if you were carrying your cross in biblical times, that means you were headed to die. And so, right, Jesus, I think, is is alluding to the fact that the Christian life is one of death to self and, and living for another. And that's not, that's not maybe what some of us thought we were signing up for. Um, but that is the call. Jesus over and over is, is warning, Hey, I want you to come to me, but don't come, um, by happen chance, like uh, really consider what you are leaving, um, you can't put your hand to the plow and look back. I mean, this is going to cost you. Come, follow me. And I think we got to do a better job at saying, look, this is this is not just uh, adding a little sprinkle and a little Jesus to your life. You are being born again. You are the old you is dying, and this is going to involve sacrifice and a new way of thinking and a new way of life. Yeah, it's uh, you and I are both Marines, and we've been through it, and so it would be like the Marine recruiters saying to you, hey, it's going to be easy, it's going to be great, come on. <laughs> and then you show up at boot camp, and you end up uh, after basic training and infantry training in Afghanistan, and you're like, what? <laughs> what just what happened? Is, what happened? <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. But friends, well, if I we... I think that's why the Marines did so well, right, for, in recruiting for years when the other branches would struggle, because... They'd be talking about all their programs, and the Marine Corps uniquely would say, hey, come check us out. We're not even sure we want you. We're not sure you're going to pass. Um, and that was attractive to people. Absolutely. And I did a lot of work with this uh, in my final years in the Marine Corps around culture. And something that we learned in studying Marine Corps culture was that people joined the Marines for a transformational experience. They wanted change. They wanted to be changed. And then what happened is after their Marine Corps experience moved on for a couple years and it became transactional, they were no longer as committed. And so what we must know about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is that in him we have a transformational experience. And it should always be transformational and it should never become transactional. Where we show up on Sunday, we say Domino Nabisco shredded wheat, and then we go home seeking comfort. Friends, this is war. We're at war. You cannot make these stories up. A parent should not have to justify their need to raise their children. Stay with us. We're going to talk about this more in the third segment. I'm a warrior inside. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. 
They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Pastor Jeff Neal, former Marine officer, who pastors a church in Harlingen, Texas. And we are in our current events series where we look at current events that help us to understand our walk as Christians. And we mentioned three different current events where a uh, mother was fired from her job as a substitute teacher because she didn't want her elementary school-aged children to be taught about sex by the school. We heard a story about uh, an amazing man, Tony Dungy, being attacked by uh, a man with a radio show or an Internet show because he was supporting the Right to Life march. And uh, so we're talking about how the Christian walk is not meant to be easy, and Pastor Jeff said that we may have been lulled into a false sense of security. I would like to read you this scripture from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. He says, No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So, that's uh, pretty encouraging. The Lord God, creator of the universe, in charge of everything, says that your heritage as a servant of the Lord is to prevail against every tongue that speaks against you, and that's his vindication. Well, my question is, are you a servant of the Lord? If you are, you need not fear. We're encouraged, right? But if, like the world, you nurture your own ideas and your own perspectives, well, then you're on your own. God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Pastor Jeff, how would you speak to that? 
No, I, I, I love that, Rich. And, and I think we talked before that um, I had preached through Daniel last year. And I think when we find ourselves kind of um, worried about culture and where it's headed, we, I love that you pointed us to, to God's Word at the beginning. We don't have to fumble along blindly. God has given us some fantastic examples of, of His people who have operated faithfully even in trying, um, you know, ungodly situations. I think of Joseph in Egypt. I mean, rose to, to the position of, of second in the whole um, nation. I think of Daniel serving numerous pagan kings, they didn't fight on every issue, and they were, they were trusted advisors. Daniel, you know, the, the most tru- one of the most trusted advisors and wise, but there were these moments where there would be an edict or, or they'd be asked to do something where they would just unequivocally, like, just deny, and they would stand for God. They didn't fight everything. They were able to—you see Daniel able to serve these pagan kings and even show honor and deference to them, but he will never deny God. And so part of it is us figuring out where we can minister to culture and and be good neighbors, and then where are those moments we have to stand and, and, you know, uh, refuse to deny God. Yeah, stand and even walk away. Um something that occurs to me there is an answer in the bible for every situation and i i really mean that with all my heart the other day i was upset about some instance of sexual perversity that i had read a story about or heard about and i was praying about it talking to god about it and the holy spirit said five words to me. He said, go and sin no more. And as soon as those words came to me, I realized that he was talking about Jesus' experience with the adulteress who was about to get stoned by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and this self-righteous mob. And they've all got stones. They're ready to stone her for her adultery. She was caught in her sin. And I think it's so instructive when you look at what Jesus did. Number one, he defended her. He didn't walk away. He didn't leave her to the mob. He didn't say, well, you get what you deserve. He defended her. And neither did he start a fight with the mob. He just looked at them and he said, who is free from sin? Let him cast the first stone. And then the mob dispersed because the truth of God's word is enough. And then... He said to the adulteress, he didn't tell her it was okay. He didn't tell her, uh, start having parades and, and form a club. He said to her, go and sin no more. And so there is everything in the Bible that you need to tell you how to walk a good walk on this planet so that you glorify God in all that you do, so that you resist evil when you should, so that you walk away when you should, and so that you stand firm when you should. As Pastor Jeff is saying with Daniel, what do you think of that story? Isn't it amazing? No, you're 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 right, Rich. And I you I think the Bible does tell us. It tells us. I mean, I think of the Apostle Paul in in the Book of Acts. You see him. He goes into the synagogues, 
And and it says, like, for instance, in Acts 19, he's preaching boldly, he's reasoning, he's persuading. The chapters before, he's at the area of Pegasus with the, the philosophers, and he's taking a different approach. And he's saying, hey, you know, you guys have these views, and you have this, this statue to an unknown God. I know that God. And so God's Word does, Rich. It gives us what we need to navigate in a dark culture. You know, what comes to mind is if we know who we stand for and we know whose we are, then we know the direction to, to head in. However, real world comes into play. You get into a conflict. You get into a crisis. And if you if you don't have a community of believers around you, support, um, it can very easily take you off course. It It can, and you can find your way back. For example, like... I don't, there's not much good about the internet, but one of the things that's amazing is you can Google scripture. And so let's say you have a bill that comes and you're angry about it and you say, what does the Bible say about anger? Right. And then you'll get a scripture and it'll eventually tell you anger does not fulfill the righteousness of God. And then you say, what does the Bible say about conflict? And it will tell you things like, don't be quarrelsome. And so, friends, this is harder than ever to be the people that we are supposed to be, and there are also some things about it that are very easy. But it comes back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, which says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Either Christ is our Lord and Savior, or we're playing church. So if we are to demolish the arguments and pretensions which set themselves up against the knowledge of God, do we not have to know the knowledge of God? And if we're to take captive every thought as we see the news and the world around us in all of its incredible perversity, do we not have to know what God says is right in order to take our thoughts captive and be obedient ourselves? So... The Lord is with us, the creator of the universe. He says no one will be put to shame, no one who believes in him. And then it's up to us to take the right stand, to walk away when it's appropriate. But we have got to commit ourselves to him. And what Pastor uh, Jeff said about carry your cross, dying to yourself. Man, if you want to be something other than what the world is, all you have to be is selfless. I think if you've if you think about that image that Pastor Jeff shared, uh, really was eye-opening for me. In that day, you if you were carrying your cross, you were headed to die. And yeah. so that's how significant it is to carry our cross here, dying to self. Maybe we're not going to actually physically die. That's what Christ did for us. But it's our responsibility. It's our privilege. It's our honor. But it's significant. Yeah, I think that one of the first questions we could ask that would help us down this road, Pastor Jeff, is to say, do I want to trust myself or do I want to trust him? Yeah. I can't be trusted. I've been manipulated too much. What does he say? What do you think about that? No, absolutely. I mean, that's why I think we're to remember often, you know, our conversion, our coming to Christ, because there was a realization, however we came to Christ, I am in trouble on my own. I have made a mess of it my, on my own. I cannot save myself. 
I need a savior now. There was there was a there was a reality and there was an urgency. And what happens, I think, and this is our tendency, is that happens, and then we drift and we drift into old patterns and old thinkings and thinking that we're in charge again and that we can do it. And I just met with a guy last night that lost his job, and God will will remind us or allow these things to happen to remind us you need me. You need to be desperate for me. And that's the best place for us to be. Yeah, I remember the way Paul put it is he was grateful for the thorn in his side, even though he prayed to God three times to remove it, because it reminded him that in his weakness, he was strong because that's when he relied on the Lord. So uh, what comes to mind is an oft-quoted proverb. You probably heard it more than any. But what it says is so full and so meaningful. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So these people who are lost in the wilderness, going in circles, pretending that there are no rules, and pretending that cause and effect doesn't exist, would love to have a path that was straight, I would think. Yeah. I know I, I, I rely on the Lord to make my path straight because leave it to me from one day to the next. I can get pretty wiggly. Mm-hmm, me too. Right. The great, the great hymn says we are prone to wander, right? We are. And we're going to talk about why that is when we get back. Friends, stay with us. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com. Huntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. I do love Dave Bray USA. Awesome. I love that song, and I love his version of it. Dave Bray USA, friends, has allowed us to use his music, and he has such a heart for God and for this nation and a beautiful voice. As we went to break, Pastor Jeff Neal 
former Marine officer, pastor of a large church, which to me says he's still in the fight. Yeah. Was a Marine, is a Marine. Now he's in the fight as a shepherd and as a Christian leader. He said that we are prone as mankind to wonder, not as in wonder who wrote the book of love, but as in <laughs> one wander. I wander. have trouble saying that wander. I know if you really start thinking about it, listening okay, to it. So weird. the Jews wandered in the desert right. for 40 years. There you go. You got it. Good context. And so, Pastor Jeff, why do we wander? Why is it so hard for us to stay the course? Hmm. You know, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans talks about this flesh that, that as God has redeemed us in Christ, he left something in us called the flesh. And so it is that, that unredeemed part of us that, that does want to go back and revisit the things that we used to do and used to enjoy and used to appreciate. And so um, we, we, we drift and, um, that's why Jesus makes this great appeal in John 15. Hey, abide in me and really means remain in me. And if you're in me, you'll bear fruit. You will, you will abide in my word. You'll please the Father. And actually at the end of that whole thing, he says, and you're going to have a great joy. But apart from me, you can do nothing. But we, we step away at, at times. And it's hopeless, and it's sad. And here's a bizarre thing that Christy brought up at the break, which does stun me when I think about it. There are people who say they don't believe in God, and when something bad happens to them, they blame God. And you look at them, and you say, who are you blaming? Well, it, God did this, and God did I, I thought you didn't believe in God. Right. And so this is not Burger King, where you can have it your way. And when things are good, it's because you did it, and when things are bad, it's God's fault. That, that lacks integrity, and it's integrity that brings us to the foot of the cross and says, Lord, I can't do this by myself. The world is deceptive. I can't trust what I see. My flesh keeps trying to lead me back to the bar where I know I was a drunk. And so I need you, Jesus. And then we got to stay connected daily. Otherwise, it's off to the races. Yeah, I remember a time where uh, I was talking to a friend, and I said something about I'm just— you know, grateful to God in the good and bad. And she's like, no way. I don't, I'm not grateful for the the bad. And I'm like, I, I, it stunned me. And so Pastor Jeff, what would you say to people who are out there um, that maybe are wondering, not wandering, they're wondering <laughs> about God. They're hearing this conversation. Uh, the fruit is not um, good. Born it's not, out. yeah, not born out. And but but they are wanting to take a stand. What would you say to them? Well, for one thing, I would say the, the um, when I hear churches or preachers um, saying, "Hey, come to Jesus, and everything's going to be perfect." I mean, what what heresy? That is just so non-biblical, and it totally messes people up. I mean, the Apostle Paul told one of the churches, "It has been appointed to you to suffer." I mean, that is going to be part of the Christian life, and and so part of it is just understanding that, like, it does not mean all problems go away. But I think the other piece would be really seeing that God is good and knows good and does good, not always what we think of as good. And so Rich used the Isaiah passage, which is a great promise for God's people. But I wonder 
when we talked about Daniel in captivity and his friends for over 70 years, did it always feel good? Did it always feel like God was there for them? So bottom line, we can't trust our feelings or our experiences. That's why we have to trust God and his word and say, even if this thing is, is uncomfortable or harm hurts or painful, God is good and right and just, and I can trust him implicitly. Amen. What came to me as you were speaking is you're going to suffer on this planet. You are a spiritual being living in the world. The devil has arrayed his forces against you. The creditors have built a system that uh, regular men and women can't hardly overcome. We live in a country where our lawmakers make laws that work for themselves and don't work for us. I mean, on every level, spiritual, the flesh, uh, politically, there is a lot of suffering to be had. But the thing is, is you're going to suffer whether you're a Christian or not. The real question is, will your suffering have meaning? Will it have a point? Will it take you somewhere transformational? Will it turn you into something that serves the world around it? Or will it just be this very painful narcissistic endeavor? What would you say to that, Pastor Jeff? Yeah, I think of what Paul, you know, I I want to figure out and live like the Apostle Paul who said, I have learned in every circumstance to be content. I've learned when I'm hungry or when I have a full belly, when I have a lot or when I don't have anything. And, of course, he lists his all the trials he went through and shipwrecked and beaten so many times. Paul had figured out that his contentment and joy were not circumstance-based. They were based on what he knew to be true about God. And uh, I think that's the goal for us. Yeah, I think uh, that is the truth. It's an amazing truth, and we all know it deep down. And uh, I don't think there's anything more to say about that. (laughs) So that's true. That brings us to our moment of truth, because as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And I hope you've connected with the fact that in this conversation, we go to scripture because otherwise you're making it up as you go along and it's not working for them and it won't work for us. So God's word is our first refuge. It's always relevant. It's not some dusty book. And it never fails. So when he says you can count on him, you can count on him. When he says you will not be put to shame when you stand firm in faith, you will not be put to shame. And so First Peter chapter 2, verse 12 says this, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. A couple of interesting things in there. It says, though they accuse you of doing wrong they may see your good deeds. So they may not, but that's not your problem. Your problem is to walk a walk that glorifies God. If we don't look at everything through the lens of faith, using God's word to dissect every event to determine what's right, but instead we do what we think is right, things start to fall apart quickly. Last week, I said that in this world, we're like rags in a washing machine operated by the devil. We've been lied to for so long about so much, we're our own worst enemies when it comes to truly understanding what's right and righteous. And the only way to address this is to know God's Word, to reference it often, to use it as we look at the world. 
and then to do what it says. So I'm not saying it's easy. I struggle like everybody else. Bad things happen to me and I resent it. And then I have to talk myself around that corner and say, I'm loved by the creator of the universe. He will make my suffering worth it. Good will come of this. So again, I ask you, do you trust God? Do you know what the Bible says, or do you tell yourself that you have an innate sense of right and wrong? Are you part of the solution, or are you part of the problem? And Pastor Jeff has made some brilliant points. He said that God will force us to deal with this question. He has said that the world has removed the idea of sin and accountability so that we can get way deep into the woods before we figure out we're lost. He has said that Christianity in America became very comfortable, and for that reason, people got lulled into a false sense of security. He says, our flesh is unredeemed, and so it will always be a struggle. And the last thing that he said, which resonated with me, is that our problems won't go away when we become Christians, but they will have meaning. So, as we close... I'd like to offer a few thoughts of my own, which I hope will help you to live good lives among pagans. Number one, don't be provoked. Walk away first. Number two, have compassion. Number three, don't be self-righteous. There but for the grace of God go all of us. Number four, resist evil and sin. Maybe you won't win every time, but resist it. Every single time you can, do the next right thing. And finally, don't judge others. They are also rags in this washing machine. But neither should you avoid standing firm in faith, holding yourself accountable first, holding yourself accountable to the Word of God, praying without ceasing, always praying boldly before the throne and with thanksgiving. Friends, we all look at the world through the lens of faith and keep that lens polished by reading the Bible, by praying to God, by avoiding the misled opinions of the people around us, and by asking simply and in everything, what does the Bible say? And then by doing that. And that's courageous Christianity. Pastor Jeff, did I miss anything? Not spot on. I agree, agree with it all. Well, thank you, sir, and thank you so much for being with us today. Friends, thanks for joining us on Courageous Christianity. We hope you'll join us each and every week here at 100.7 FM KKHT The Word in Houston, Texas at kkht.com on your favorite podcast app or on courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. And I've been following